0: John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And just let me say, the past 48 hours have been mayhem in the Chapman household. Uh, I'm your host, John Chapman, as always. And I'm so glad to be recording with you. Uh, I woke up two days ago to a shot computer. Uh, <laughs> lost. Everything. So I've spent the past 48 hours re-recording intros, outros, lost so much video, all that kind of stuff. But that's okay. Um, We are back, and I just want to say how happy it is to be talking the draft. You know, the technical aspect of all this, which I'm not a technical guy. um, I can watch film for days, but understanding how to get the film processed and all that's a whole nother thing. But Man, it has been crazy, including uh, buying a computer sight unseen through Best Buy and having somebody drop it off on the curb (laughs) so that you could go pick it up. It was quite the experience. Uh, uh, But anyway, so glad to be with you today, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about because here's the deal. We're, We're five days away from the NFL draft, and this is like Christmas Eve for football fans. Absolutely love everything that's going on right now as the 49ers are moving up to, you know, get to the part where great things are ahead. Because here's the deal. We have two first-round picks, and we just came off of a Super Bowl berth. So it's not like we are a team, you know, we don't have a second, third, fourth-round draft choice. I understand that. But we do have a lot of draft capital. If you add up all of the pick values based on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart or really any of the new age trade charts that are out there, they all say the same thing. We're somewhere between 12 and 15 whenever you just look at draft capital in the NFL out of 32 teams. So, even though we are arguably the first or second time, you know, uh, best team in the NFL, I think we're the first, obviously, but whatever, uh, we still have so much draft capital. And a lot of that came off of, you know, the trade of getting rid of DeForest Buckner for that 13th overall pick. But what we're going to do today. We're going to bounce around the top tiers on the defensive side of the ball. Our last episode, if you missed that, uh, we basically went through and just talked about the offensive side and the top two tiers for each position. And that's what we're going to do on the defensive side today, um, which... Defense wins championships. We know that. That's what it is. And so that's what we've got going on today. And I do want to say thank you for everybody that's joining um, all across all of our platforms, but I cannot recommend this enough. And uh, Hot Mike is where it's going to be at in the future. Um, One, we're going to be recording live during the draft, broadcasting a 49ers centric all day first round draft coverage on Hot Mike. Now, We've worked really, really hard and put a lot of money into this, and so we're really, really excited as an incentive to get people over to the Hot Mic app. We have our giveaway. Jimmy Garoppolo signed jersey for free that we're going to be giving away on Thursday, the very first day of the draft. Uh, We're going to be giving away exclusively on the Hot Mic app. It's very easy. It takes less than 45 seconds to register for this. All you have to do. Go download the Hot Mic app. What you see at the bottom code of this screen, just go download Hot Mic, whether you have an Android, Apple, doesn't matter. Use the invite code RUSH ESF, one word, um, and then you're in. Uh, It's completely free. Click on Broadcasters, scroll down to John Chapman and Dale DeMont, and click Follow. That's it. And during draft day coverage, what you'll do is you'll just open up the app. And again, if you for some reason, do not have access to NFL Network or ESPN. We got you covered. We're going to be going through every single pick, covering analysis and all those things, answering your questions, interactive draft coverage. I um, want to say thanks to Alan King. He's on there. He's He just said, the first time on the Hot Mic app, been listening to the Rush podcast since you guys, oh wow, I had the Rage Against the Machine intro. Uh, those take me back. Uh, I love Rage Against the Machine, Obviously. The fact that Rage Against the Machine hit me with a copyright claim is beyond. Uh, It's their company, I understand, the record company, but it was just ironic. Made me feel like I accomplished something in life. Uh, What's up, Marco? Glad to see you here as well. So let's jump in again. If you want that jersey, so simple. Um, You know, that compliments of game day, sports, and memorabilia, all your memorabilia needs. That's all you got to do is just head over there uh, if you need any gifts or whatever. But if you want a free jersey, it's $500 value, Jibby Garoppolo signed jersey. Um, we got you covered. We'll be giving that away in five days. Uh, really, really hope you guys, one person's going to be happy. I can't give it to everybody, but that's what it is. So let's start this class off, you know, on the defensive side with probably one of the weakest edge classes that we can remember. Now, there are a lot of players that are draftable and serviceable. But whenever you look at the top of this edge class, there are some problems to say the least. Um, There's guys that offer, how do I say this? They might be really good at one or two things. They're not complete edge players like we have seen in the past. Outside of the man of the hour, the top of the board, Chase Young, defensive end of Ohio State. And it's funny, if you have not seen Nick Bosa go through and talk about uh, basically give his scouting report on Chase Young. It's a lot of fun. Uh you know there's there's a couple people out there on Twitter saying, "Man, mortgage everything, give up both first round picks this year and a first round pick next year and players to go get Chase Young." I'm not in that camp. Obviously, I would love Chase Young, but um he is not that's just not where I <laughs> put him uh, with the 49ers needs. We have as much depth at the edge position as any team in the NFL, if not more so. Uh, do I want Chase Young? Yes. But I don't think that it's realistic uh, long-term. Uh, but he is special. I, I'm i willing to say this. He could be the best pass rusher in the NFL um, of all time. Like He has that type of potential. Now, he's not the complete player that his teammate Nick Bosa was, which we have seen. Um you know I also I checked up a couple of betting sites Nick Bosa is currently second in the NFL for defensive rookie of the year next year uh, only behind Aaron Donald so as far as Vegas odds it goes Aaron Donald 1 Nick Bosa 2 and that's the entire NFL not just the NFC so it kind of lets you know the difference now Chase Young his pass rush moves he, he's he might have the best edge pass rush pure pass rusher ever Whenever it's all said and done, he has that much potential, um, even more so than Nick Bosa. But I don't think that he is as complete a player. If I was picking between Chase Young and Nick Bosa coming out of college, I'm still taking uh, Nick Bosa. But Chase Young's up there, and it's a debate. And there's going to be half the people, if not more, so thinking Chase Young. Um, 16 and a half sacks despite missing games for a stupid suspension from the NCAA, which is an absolute joke in today's climate, but that's what it is, uh, besides the fact. Now, after Chase Young, it gets interesting, and thank you, Marco. He knows what's up. Yeter motto's out of Penn State is my number two. I really, really like this kid. He's just fun to watch. Um, Now, he's one of those guys that is he maximizes everything that he does, and what I mean from that is he's a guy that has great effort, he has great instincts. He's very, very slippery. He can read the play very well. And he gets off blocks extremely well, and he never gives up. I call Yuter Gross Mottos a guaranteed double. And whenever you're looking at this draft class as a whole with guys like Caleb on chase on, right? Uh, I mean, you can keep going down the list. Ok- Okwer, AJ, Panessa, all these different guys. There are gambles, gambles, gambles. Yeah, some of them are going to hit. There's going to be some good edge players in this class, but there are going to be a lot of busts. And if you want one of these guys with a lot of potential, you got to go in the first or second round. And in such a deep draft as we have in the 2020 draft class, man, outside of your tier gross mottos, there's question marks galore. And so for my top two tiers in the edge class, I have one person in the top tier. That's Chase Young we just talked about. And I have one person in the second tier and that's tier gross Mottos. um outside of that it is ugh, it gets ugly quick um you know I have Zach bond he's next up but he only fits as a three four outside rusher so you just eliminated half the teams in the NFL and I know everybody wants to talk about how multiple they are and all that stuff but he literally cannot play with his hand in the ground I don't I don't think that's his athletic profile it's not what he's good at. Now, if you were a 4-3 team and you wanted to draft him, you could do the whole he plays Sam linebacker on first and second down and then rushes, but that's almost been eliminated in the NFL. Teams aren't really doing that anymore. Uh, They seem to have moved away from that. Um, Zach Bond's going to be a Patriot. (laughs) I I don't know how else to say this, but he is just the definition of Of a Patriot player. He's Kyle Van Noy on steroids. And then you've got AJ Epinesis and Caleb Vaughn Chasen. I am not a fan of either one of these players. Uh, I prefer AJ. But I think that he is just a guy that maximized everything that he could in college. Um, You're getting a player that might already be at his ceiling. I don't think he has much room to grow. And he can't play on the edge. Uh, Caleb Vaughn Chasen. He's just 100%. He's all about. He just hasn't done it yet. Potential. He's definition potential. You look at him, and you say, oh, man, that guy's got to be good. You watch his film, he gets pancaked three times a game, every game. And he'll go several games without a sack, and then the quarterback will, like, try to spin out and run into his arms, and he'll get up and celebrate like he's the greatest ever. Nothing about Caleb on chase and says draft this player. Uh, again, you watch highlights, you might like him. You watch game film, you laugh. I cannot stress this enough. Caleb Von Chasen is not a first-round player. Um, So that's the edge position. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the interior D-line because this is huge. Obviously, there's a need. You know, If you follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, I did a whole thread today on Julian Taylor. I love Julian Taylor. (laughs) I really, really do like him. And I I think that he is going to be a part of the future for the 49ers at that position. Now, is he going to be a starter or is he going to be a backup? Just tore his ACL in December. He's going to be right at the cusp of coming back if the NFL schedule started on time or not. But he's going to be involved in the plan. So I don't think that the... Three-technique position is as dire as a lot of people are claiming. Uh, I don't consider Solomon Thomas to be uh, at play there, maybe as a rotational pass rusher at best. Uh, that's it. DJ Brown, I think, is going to be playing the no spot. Kevin Givens, Contavia Street, there's bodies there. Uh, Givens, uh, again, th- there's bodies there, but there's not that elite potential. I think out of that group, I, I really do think Julian Taylor is probably has the highest potential. Uh, but whenever we're looking at pick 13, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, there are two guys, they might be gone by then, Derek Brown of Auburn and Javon Kinlaw of South Carolina. Some people, like Javi uh, with the Fourth of Gold podcast, who I love, uh, he is in the Javon Kinlaw, like he's naming his kid Javon Kinlaw, right? That's how much he loves him. I personally love Derek Brown. And the reason why, and whenever I'm watching a draft prospect, I want to see somebody whose highlights match up with their game film and vice versa. Um, And I want consistency in how do they perform versus the best. Nobody in this draft had better film against other NFL draft-eligible players than Derek Brown out of of Auburn. He made the LSU offensive guards quit playing football at halftime. At halftime. That guy, I I promise you— uh, Lloyd Cushbury, he still wakes up in the middle of the night sweating Derek Brown, hoping that he doesn't get drafted to a team in his division. He's that good. Um, Javon Kinlaw, his story is beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, everything that he has done is awesome, and I, I, I'm a fan of his wherever he goes. But his game film leaves so much to be wanting. Um, he has a super high highlight than a terrible five plays in a row. And so it's back and forth, back and forth. I want consistency. Now, Javon Kinlaw's ceiling might be higher than Derrick Brown's. That's okay. His floor is rock bottom. Uh, he is a guy that, unfortunately, if he doesn't go to a supporting system, the 49ers, I think, have a great locker room for a person uh, like Javon Kinlaw. But you wouldn't be shocked if he was out of the league in two to three years. I'm a fan. But I don't want to invest that high of a pick in a guy like Javon Kinlaw personally. Uh, But I do think that he's a real possibility. That's my top tier. Second tier for interior defensive line has one player and one player only, Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. This kid is the definition pass rusher that everybody wants from the inside. Um, Now, is he the run player that we had in DeForest Buckner? Hell no. Is he the pass rusher that we had in DeForest Buckner? Absolutely he is. He is the best pass rushing interior guy, bar none. Um, He had the highest pass rush grade, according to Pro Football Focus, with a 91.1. He is a hyped-up athletic 6'4", 302, and he plays basketball. Um, He's not the kind of guy that's going to drive through people, even though he can. He is athletic and smooth. He jukes people (laughs) in the A and B gap and goes untouched. Like, they can't touch him in a phone booth. (laughs) That's how good he is. Now, he was with Texas. He didn't get a start his freshman year. He transferred to Missouri. um, But he's just the definition of a pass rusher. He's going to have seven to eight sacks year one in the NFL. And if the 49ers trade back... From 31, I think that he is a real possibility. Some sites have him as a third-round grade. Absolutely not. This kid's going in the top 40 uh, just because there's nobody else like him. They don't exist. And, you know, whenever you're looking at team needs, defensive tackles on there, no doubt about it. We have a lot of stable, run-stuffing defensive tackles. Again, with Givens, uh, DJ Jones, if you want to play him at the three, I personally don't. Julian Taylor, Contavious uh, Street, I think those are those guys. I think you have got Solomon Thomas, a little bit more of a finesse player. But Jordan Elliott could be what we all wanted out of Solomon Thomas. But you've got to keep him inside. Now, the next three players um, have all met with the 49ers. And if you want to see the list of 50 or so players that have had meetings with the 49ers, with the Combine, East-West Shrine Games, Senior Bowl, uh, Virtual, whatever else, I just put out a whole list of every single person that I've confirmed with two sources that have met with the 49ers on Twitter. It's like an eight-tweet <laughs> thing just because there's so many players. But if you want to see those guys, guess what? All these next three players in this tier, they've met with them. Raquan Davis, Alabama, six six, 3'11". Um. Again, he is a physical prototype of DeForest Buckner, just without the pass rush ability. He didn't get one sack last year, uh, but he you know started for Alabama for three years. Uh, amazing run defender, takes up double teams like crazy. Doesn't get moved backwards ever. That's Raquan Davis. Strong. He, he would have been a first round pick last year. Ross Blacklock, um, out of TCU. A lot of people like zone run stop stopper. Very athletic. 6'3", 290, A little undersized. But athletic and quick, he ran a 4.9. A lot of people like him. Um, got a little bit of injury history, but he played healthy all last year. And then Marlon Davidson out at Auburn. A four-year starter in the SEC, and nobody can block him. Uh, the funny thing about Marlon Davidson is they had him as a stand-up outside pass rusher at 303 pounds, and he was good at it. <laughs> um, but he's a guy that needs to slim down a little bit or bulk up. He's a tweener. But in a 4-3, yeah, you could put them at the 3, you could put them at the 5. We know 49ers, uh, the coaching staff, loves these types of players. And so uh, lots of guys to look at there. Um, and it's deep even past that. David Hamilton, Neville Gallimore, uh, Justin Matabuke out of a and There's a lot of interior guys. But if you stay put at 31... You're going to kind of have your choice of the second tier. Elliott, Davis, Blacklock, Marlon Davidson, all those guys. Uh, 13, I think they're going to be gone. Um, I really, really do. Um, Jaybird, he asked the question, have you uh, had a peek at Josh Uche? Yes, I have. Um, Uche's fun. Um, I'll I'll say that. I don't think that he's a complete player. And, man, I do not like (laughs) – how do I say this? We're all 49ers fans. That's why you're here. Watching hardball over and over again is frustrating, like, to say the least. I I like Uche. He's only started for a year and a half, and he was just a spot player at that. But his pass rush win rate, okay, you look at what's going on with uh, pro football focus and how they match up these things whenever it's an obvious pass rushing situation. He had a 27% pass rush win rate. So he's the type of guy which is second best in all of college football. But he is the guy, at best, would be a situational pass rusher, kind of like what D. Ford was whenever he wasn't healthy to start the season. That's all he would do. Um, so I don't think that he would be in there 6'1", 245. He doesn't fit a lot of the athletic profile, uh, Jay, that the 49ers like to have as an edge player. He's much smaller. I think he'd be better off in a 3-4 as an outside rusher. But he could come in and do that. Uh, he was never an every-down every player for the Wolverines. Um, his parents moved over here from uh, Nigeria. He's got an awesome story, all that stuff. He's great speed, probably the best first step get-off of any pass rusher in the in college football, but he's got a ways to go. Not a complete player. Um, now, I, when do you take him? I've got a fourth-round grade on him. This is a weak edge class. He's going to go in the second or third round because he, he offers a premium in the pass rush position. So if you have a team like the 49ers that can get up there and rush the passer and you've got depth in-depth roster, it's one of those things that if you do trade back um, in the first round with either the 13th or 31 pick, then I think that you can grab a guy like this uh, with your third selection. I I think that's a possibility. But personally, me, I think we're pretty set Um, at the edge position. I think we'll take a flyer on a late-round prospect, but I doubt that we go – um, edge player in the first round I just don't see it personally um, I like Marco He's th- he's throwing up his argument uh, Marco's the man by the way uh, Javon Kinlaw is way better than Brown says Marco um, I, I, I don't know man I, It's very possible If Javon Kinlaw hits like he can Then yes If he gets consistent then yeah I'm cool with that But for my money I'm taking Brown And on my big board It reflects that um, you know, let's see here. Let me scroll over to, to where I have them ranked. I have, um, Derek Brown is number seven overall and Javon Kinlaw number 16 overall on my big board. Both of them elite playmakers, but again, just not my thing. Nate says Solomon Thomas breakout year. I hope so. And I'll buy a Solomon Thomas Jersey. I'll support that. I, I love him. He's great. I just had—I've kind of had enough <laughs> with Solomon Thomas and the coaching staff, and just seeing him get blown off the ball repeatedly whenever he played inside. You know, the first two years, I think we're on the coaching staff for playing him out of position. Solomon Thomas, we're talking here. But then you, you've got to be able to put this past year on him. He's playing both inside and outside, and because of injuries, he even got to start a couple of games. Uh, but it, it's just not working for him. He—he's not getting. I don't know how to say this. What we saw in college it's just not there um yeah i I don't know i i i i don't I don't see it I'm rooting for them. I hope great things happen it's just not happening it's just not happening um uh, now a couple things new announcement real quick, and this is awesome uh devin you know he kind of helps out with some of the social media and organization stuff from the back. he's about as good a guy as I know um and he wanted to make sure we got more uh draft books out there so here's the deal uh first off. If you want the draft book, there's a couple ways you can get it. Okay, number one, you can head over to my Patreon page, which is in the link of this video. Just type patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. You can join there. It's $8 a month for the Frank Gore tier if you want the full draft book, NFL draft board, uh, big board rankings, positional tier rankings, and 60-plus pages of profiles, background stats, all that stuff. Uh, It's my seventh annual draft book. So if you want that, that's how you get it. Now, Devin said uh, he's just the man. His income has not been affected at all, and he wanted to purchase or. Um, draft books for whoever wants it. And he said, here's what I want you to do to grow the podcast. This is Devin's idea. Again, can't say thank you to him enough. Here's what we need. The very first four people that leave a five-star review with their email or Twitter handle on iTunes. Again, you can do this on your computer as you're listening to the podcast. Just type in 49ers Rush Podcast iTunes. It'll pull up even if you don't have a Mac, uh, PC, phone, laptop, whatever. Just type that in, 49ers Rush Podcast iTunes. Scroll down, rate, review the show, uh, leave five stars, with uh, something nice about the podcast and your email and or Twitter handle, and I will send you, the first four people that get that done, uh, the draft book. So just want to say thank you to Devin for doing that. That is an option there. I'll send that over to you guys as soon as those are submitted. uh, Get those over to you before the draft for sure. So thank you, Devin. Really do appreciate that. If you want to see what I've been working on, that's going to be available there. And, of course, if you do join the Patreon page, which, again, let me just pause and say thank you, No way I get a new computer and all this stuff set up the way that I did and not miss a beat, relatively speaking, with the podcast right before the draft. Uh, If this would have been in the middle of the offseason, that would be one thing, but we've got to make sure – the draft coverage is where I got my start. There was no way (laughs) I was going to miss this time. Um, So uh, thanks to the Patreon people, all that money is invested back into the podcast. Um, Equipment, computers, things like that cannot say thank you enough. Uh, It means a lot, and you know I'm trying my hardest to make this podcast as professional as possible. Any ideas are always welcomed, and man, we're going to be covering the draft. This is going to be our very first draft as the 49ers Rush Podcast. This is episode 249, by the way. We're about to hit 250 uh, next week right before the draft. Um, Man, it's been a fun journey, and I think we're just getting started, so uh, we're going to keep trying to step our game up and match uh, what the people want. Uh, That's kind of what we're doing here, so. Let's keep going. Marco, thoughts on trading back from 13 and getting D. Ford's replacement. First off, Marco, I don't think we're going to replace D. Ford. Uh, You look at the stats with what D. Ford has been able to do for us. Um, Anytime he is on the field, great things happen for the 49ers. Now, even whenever he was on the field in a very minimal effort um, and injured, he still played very, very well. Now, can the 49ers get out of this contract? Yeah, they can. Um, there's a potential out after the 2020 year. So you're keeping D Ford this year. There's no doubt about that. Now, uh, we have him signed currently through 2023. Again, we're talking D Ford's contract. I don't want to get rid of him, but I've seen a lot of people talk about let's get out of there. If we cut him after this year, uh, the 49ers really don't lose that much. There's only $4.8 million dead cap if we get out um, after 2020. So uh, let's just say hypothetically, D Ford stays injured in and out. He's still not getting starter reps, um, and it just starts to not work out. You can walk away from that deal. It essentially, was a two-year, $30 million contract. That's what it was. But they put this team option on the end to help with the salary cap, and if D Ford plays to what he is capable of, then the 49ers get a very team-friendly deal. And so very glad that he is a part of this team. I don't think that there are a lot of people that can do what he does. Again, you know, if you like Uche, you have to love D Ford because D Ford is a souped up Uche. Now he's all about that first step, got amazing amazing speed around the end and he makes everybody else better. I don't think that Nick Bosa has the year that he had without D Ford. Um I, That's just my personal opinion. So, yeah, we could move on from him. I don't want to. (laughs) Uh, I love the contract moving forward, especially whenever you're seeing what people are going to be getting paid. Let's say D. Ford matches his potential. In 2023, he's only going to be an $18 million cap hit. Whenever you're having top-tier edge guys, interior guys like um, DeForest Buckner making $21 million a year now, D Ford's not making 18 million a year until four years from now, so very very team friendly deal as almost all 49ers contracts are. That's what it is. Um, so, <laughs> when and if Marco is convinced uh, this is the last year of him, I hope not. But uh, hopefully he earns that deal and you know gets back to where he was. Now let's keep going with our positional, uh, just breaking down the different positions. Inside linebacker, and this is a rough one. Because moving forward, I should have the exact same player at the top of every single position. And that's Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, if he was an edge rusher, (laughs) he he would be right behind Chase Young. Uh, And he could play on the edge. I think he had 177 snaps off the top of my head from the D-line position as a pass rusher. Isaiah Simmons plays everywhere. Free safety, strong safety, slot corner, outside corner, linebacker, defensive line, edge player. He does it all. Personally, I think that the best place to play Isaiah Simmons is in the strong safety or outside linebacker position. You can play him as a mic if you wanted to. Um, and somebody asked me, I got message today. Hey, if Isaiah Simmons somehow falls and the 49ers have an option to get him at 13, would you do it? Hell yes, I do it. Uh, I, I don't even mind trading up to get him. Because he would step in day one for the 49ers, not at linebacker, which the 49ers already have the best linebacking core in the NFL. He would start strong safety day one for Tart. Tartt. Um, I know I, I'm not alone in my criticism of Tart. I think that he is a very decent linebacker that um, doesn't make very many mistakes. But whenever you watch close games, everybody targets – quasky tart in the run game and in the passing game. And the fact that he generates no turnovers whatsoever. He had that one awesome strip fumble, but that, that was it. Um, I think that he is a decent starter in the NFL, and I think that's what we're paying him to do. But this is the last year of his deal. I want a playmaker. Um, I don't think Marcel Harris is that guy long-term. I think Marcel Harris is a very good backup safety. Um, personally, you know, again, stepping away from the draft— I would prefer to have Jimmy Ward and Tavarius Moore as my two safeties. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I don't care who plays the strong safety position. you know, last year, we swapped both of them back and forth. You know, there were times where you know Marcel Harris was the free safety, and Jimmy Ward was up <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. So personally, my pecking order would be Jimmy Ward, Tavarius Moore, Jaquaski Tart, and Marcel Harris. And Tart and Harris are pretty damn close to me. Um, So if Isaiah Simmons did fall to spot 13, hell yeah, you draft him right now, you put him at strong safety, and you do exactly what the Los Angeles Chargers, who run a very similar scheme, did with Derwin James. And that's the only player comp uh, for Isaiah Simmons. He's bigger than (laughs) Derwin James. He's faster than Derwin James. He's more explosive than Derwin James. It's a pipe dream. But uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to be on the top five of Every single team's big board, there is no way he gets out. Uh, the only reason why he will fall is just because he doesn't play a position of premium value. Um, you know, he's not a quarterback, he's not a tackle, he's not a uh, corner back. he's none of those things, and so because of that, he might fall a little bit. Now, the next guy up, and this is a whole different tier, and that's Patrick Queen uh, from LSU. I really, really liked his film. You know, I, I walked away from the combine saying, Man, Kenneth Murray in his athletic profile actually surpasses that of Patrick Queen in almost every way. Um Kenneth Murray's uh speeds very similar. He's much stronger, he jumps higher, he jumps farther, um, he's got longer arms, he weighs more, he's taller, he's got all those things. But when you put the film on, you're constantly reminded just how unblockable Patrick Queen is. That's huge. Patrick Queen does not get blocked. And you watch him in the SEC, and you see these guards and centers and pulling tackles come out. It's like he sees through them and just throws them to the side. And now Patrick Queen's a lot smaller, and his bench press isn't as good either. And his arms are shorter, but it doesn't matter. There's something with his hips in his hands. It's very similar, and they're not similar players, but it's very similar as when Bosa locks up with a tackle and then just slips off of him. You see the exact same elusiveness and hand-to-hip movements that are always in sync um, as Nick Bosa uh, getting off tackle blocks. Patrick Queen is not blockable, and he's a one-year starter and not really even a full-year starter. So, So that's a problem for sure. Um, but he did it at the highest level. I have a first-round grade on him. Uh, I love Patrick Queen. I like Kenneth Murray more. I really, really do. Um, he's pretty good in coverage. Awesome story. His family, uh, His family he has a cop and a pastor as parrots. I mean, the guy is all about authority and helping people. You know, he's one of those just good dudes, and I like him, but he, he just, how do I say He's 100% full throttle all the time. It's just, man, I I don't know how to say this. He's a D'Amico Ryan's light. He doesn't make the huge plays. And whenever you run it straight at him, which in the Big 12 they didn't do very often. He's out of Oklahoma, this is Kenneth Murray we're talking about. Um, He struggles a little bit. He he really, really does. And so he's a guy that can get on the perimeter well. But if you attack right at him, if you're playing a physical kind of run game, he's going to struggle uh, considerably. So that, that's kind of what it is. Um, now, I do want to say, oh, man, this is going to be good. I'm excited, guys. Uh, first off, just want to say thank you for everybody that's joining us wherever you are listening to this podcast. But if you are on Hot Mic, I want you to hit that share button at the top. That helps us out the most. We are trying to grow this as much as possible before the draft so that we can get um, – I just want an awesome community of – Hundreds of people on here watching the draft together, having a legitimate conversation about the 49ers and breaking down what's going on. Um, It's a really weird time right now, as we all know, and we can't be around people Uh, going to the bar and watching the draft is the greatest thing of the world. I've been at the last seven drafts. Um, I only missed the one in Philadelphia, so seven minus that one. Um I love the draft. It's like my holiday. And I had my tickets booked to Vegas and hotel and all that stuff. I don't get that. But uh very excited to be with you guys. Uh really really excited. Now, um this is going to be fun. Here we go. Guess who is back guys? Um and with free agency done and no live sports on TV, Guess what? It is the time for the NFL draft in new beginnings. And our sponsors, you ready for this? Manscaped, baby. I hope you guys are excited for some Manscaped ads. It's time to give your balls a new beginning, just like the NFL season. Um, Yep, I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped.com offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Here's the deal we've all had issues. You don't want to use the same razor that you use on your face down there, and you got to keep it clean. You're in quarantine. Come on, guys. That's not an excuse. So if you want 20% off any package that they offer and free shipping, all you have to do is use the promo code RUSHESF, R-U-S-H-E-S-F, one word, just like for Hot Mic App, RUSHESF. And what they're going to do is they're going to send you whatever package you want. And their new Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer, it's crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been using Manscaped for years. Uh, they sponsor the, the podcast for years. This new thing doesn't make any sense. Um, it is the Jerry Judy of ball trimmers, it is smooth and it is clean. So, go get head over to manscaped.com, use promo code RUSHESF, and make sure you get your 20% off of any purchase that you have over there. And it's a great way to support the podcast as well. So, I uh, just want to say thank you back to Manscaped for coming back and supporting the podcast. Now, let's move on to the next position. We got two more, let's talk secondary. Before we get out of here today. And man, cornerback. It's a concern. It's a concern big time for the 49ers. Because if you look at it. Richard Sherman, last year of his deal. Akella Witherspoon, last year of his deal. Emmanuel Mosley. Even if you love Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, he's going to be a restricted uh, free agent. So we're going to be able to keep him. But do you want to sign Sherman to another big deal for a short short term? He signed a three year deal last time might be able to get him back on a one year something depending on how he plays but it's really hard to move forward with that um there's definitely a need there for sure now is that something that you want to spend the 13th or the number 31 pick on uh, you know NFL GM's Daniel Jeremiah um moved the sticks he said you know I've speak I've spoken to a couple different GMs and I don't remember the exact quote this is Ian Rappaport I apologize and he said Never before have you guys been so far off with your mock drafts. Usually you're off, but this year is going to be crazy according to fans. Um, and, you know, there's a couple different positions that I think are just wild cards. And one of them is the cornerback position. You know, Jeffrey Okuda is my number one, but I have him in the same tier as CJ Henderson and Christian Fulton. And so, like, I, I get it. I understand everybody likes Akuda. No problem with that. But I'm telling you right now, C.J. Henderson has an outside shot of being the very first cornerback off the board because he offers a couple things that Akuda does not. Um, One, he's a much more explosive athlete. Uh, There's no doubt about that. C.J. Henderson, what he's able to do, his body, it doesn't make sense. 6'1", 204. um, He ran a 4.39, so speed. He he wins in every single category. C.J. Henderson squatted 545 pounds in college. <laughs> That's for a cornerback that weighs 204. Um, the dude is long, athletic, explosive. He's good in the run game, and he has better ball skills. Now, whenever you talk Okuda, and I love Akuda, I'm not trying to downplay him. I'm just trying to elevate C.J. Henderson. I think C.J. Henderson can go as high as number seven to the Panthers. I was on the um, Panthers Fandom Podcast. Uh, with Jeff Hasley, a really good friend, and we talked last night, and, man, I kept telling him, like, you're picking number seven. I think you're taking C.J. Henderson. Um, me and the people's favorite. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, – if you don't know who the people's favorite uh, 49ers writer is, uh, Grant Cohn, he, he's he's a fun guy. He likes to piss people off, Whatever. Uh, but we've got a little bet on who the Jaguars will take with the number nine pick. I think they're going corner. He thinks they're going Jerry Judy. But I, I I say all of that to say this. The cornerback position is a damn wild card this year, and it's going to be very, very interesting where these guys go because every single mock draft in the world says Jeffrey Okuda is going number three to the Detroit Lions. I don't think it's happening. I really, really don't think that's what's going to happen. A quarterback's going to go in the top three. Um, two quarterbacks are gonna go in the top three, and I think ACUDA falls. Um, I, I think that's gonna happen. Now, CJ Henderson's going to go earlier than everybody expects. I remember there was a, you know, I put up a poll this was like a month ago, when I was breaking down cornerback films, and I said, How would you feel about the 49ers taking CJ Henderson at pick thirteen? And it got less than fifty percent of the votes. Most people didn't like it. Well, guess what? You don't have to be concerned with that because he's going to be gone. Um, He's not going to be there at 13. Christian Fulton, he will be there at 13, but the fans don't like him. I love his film personally, and the big reason why I like Christian Fulton so much is whenever he plays against NFL quality wide receivers, you watch Christian Fulton versus Alabama, he messes up Ruggs, he messes up Judy, uh, he gets them all. (laughs) So, like, he's a guy that plays against the best I call him the blanket Now, only one year as a starter He's got some red flags (laughs) He's got some injury history as well But players at their best Christian Fulton's gonna be right up there with them Now, we fall down to the next tier And I've got two players uh, Trayvon Diggs, 6'1", 205 And A.J. Terrell I think A.J. Terrell is a lock to go in the first round He fits what every team wants Tall, physical corner very, very polished, and he is much better in the run game than almost every other guy I've mentioned today. So if you want a physical corner, if you're Mike Zimmer and the Vikings who need corners bad and they have two first-round picks in this in the first round, A.J. Terrell's not getting past both the Vikings' picks because he fits exactly with this new style of defense and the 49ers are a team that fits in that. Tall physical corner, great coverage skills and ball skills. He checks them all. The dude's three-year starter at Clemson. And we know what type of teams they have had. Um 442 speed at 6-1. AJ Terrell, he is going in the first round. I don't care what anybody says. The dude is going. Um, it, it's what it is. Um, uh, Marco just uh, hitting us with some breaking news during the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, over on the Hot Mic app, since you're talking Jags, they are trying to move Fournette, just announced by Schefter. Yeah, there's definitely... Um, uh, some issues there with Fournette and that front office. One, that front office is awful. One of the worst-run programs in all of pro sports. Um, You know, you look at where the Jacksonville Jaguars were. You know, <laughs> AFC Championship, they almost won versus the Patriots to absolutely bottom-dweller. I blame Jimmy Garoppolo, personally. Uh, if you remember, that was when Jimmy Garoppolo came out and just dissected their team. You had Calais Campbell yelling at everybody, and you had Jalen Ramsey talking about how he wasn't that good, and we just blew him out of the water. And that was like the year we were 5-10. and 10. But... Yeah, it's the 49ers have ruined lots of teams. Uh, <laughs> Carolina Panthers last year. Uh, anyway, it's, it's it's what it is. Now, before I move off of corners, I do have to talk about Bryce Hall. He is a fast riser as of late, and I love this kid's film out of Virginia, six one two zero two. Um, He didn't run the 40, so we don't have a complete athletic profile for him, which, again, the 40 doesn't usually matter. It does matter whenever you're talking about the cornerback position. The 40 matters more for the corner position than any other position in football. And if you look at the top corners across the league, they're all 4-4 four, four to 4-5 four, guys. So that's why I bring up with Bryce Hall. It's a little bit of a question mark for him. Now his speed does look good, uh, but I, I love the way that he plays. Um, he, he's just a very clean prospect, three-and-a-half-year starter. Um, now he, he's not a big interception guy, but 38 passes defensed, that's awesome. And he didn't have any dropped interceptions, and he doesn't have missed tackles. He only had three missed tackles. You know, you go through, and you start looking at kind of the top corners in this in this draft, and they're going to have several different missed tackles. AJ Terrell ten, uh, yeah, yeah. six missed tackles for Trayvon Diggs. You're going to start seeing that more and more, and I think that that's a thing because in this draft, yeah, you can get your corners that can play, but can you get your corners that can tackle in today's NFL? Um, now, the cornerback class is very, very deep. I don't want to spend all of my time on that, but it, there there's a lot of guys there, and the 49ers are walking away with a cornerback at some point in this draft, guaranteed. Now, the 49ers have been very reluctant to spend a top-round pick on cornerback. Um, they really haven't spent much draft capital at all on corner. Uh, they got the third-round pick, Akella Witherspoon, and that's pretty much about it until you get in the fifth and seventh round. So are they willing to kind of move up. <laughs> it's kind of what it is. Yeah, Marco. Yeah, we pay corners to cover, not to tackle. I don't know, man. Um, you know, it's a big difference when a Keller Witherspoon's out there as opposed to Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley's going to come up and hit you in the mouth, and I think it's it goes into the equation for sure. Now, the safety position. I have one guy at the top, okay, and that's Grant Delpit. I've been high on Grant Delpit since his 2018 season, I love Grant He's His physical skills are top-notch. His ball skills are great. His range is great. But missed tackles were a new concern with him. Um, He loves to hit. He loves to make plays. But missed tackles are a problem. Um, However, a safety with ball skills is rare. Now, whenever you look at the rankings and what I have, I, I struggle and I keep changing it. Because I have four safeties outside of Grant Dale Pitt and that next tier, uh, Xavier McKinney, Anton Winfield, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin. And at the bottom, Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin, these are your uber-athletic size, speed, all that kind of stuff. But big-time problem because you don't see it versus top-tier competition. Kyle Duggar with Lenore Ryan. You watch his film, it looks like they're playing on a middle school field. Jeremy Chen of Southern Illinois. We've got a lot of Southern Illinois guys actually on our our team. Jimmy Ward, shout out. Um, but it, you you see kind of these issues um with these players. It's because the competition level wasn't there. Now Xavier McKinney and Anton Winfield, they're the opposites. They have the competition. And Anton Winfield Jr. is everybody's he is. If you're just going off of film, it's Anton Winfield. That's the guy that you're like, oh my god, I have to have this guy. But uh, there are some concerns. He's five foot nine. Do you want a super tiny safety? Uh, you know, we see people like the Honey Badger. There's a place for that in the league, but it definitely not ideal. You look at Xavier McKinney. He's six foot, but he ran a four six. So you're getting the height, you're getting the physicality, you're getting the polish of an Alabama secondary player, but You're missing out on some of the high-end physical attributes uh, that he just doesn't have. And so if you're wanting the high-end physical attributes, that's where you fall to Jeremy Chin and Kyle Ducker. Uh, It's what do you want? Do you want polish? Do you want coaching? Do you want competition level and athleticism? What is it that you're looking for? Because each safety, you're going to have options at all of those. Uh, Definitely a strong possibility there with all those guys. Uh, But anyway... That's where we're at. I cannot say thank you guys enough for all the support. And, man, I'm excited. And, again, just want to remind you guys we're giving away a lot of stuff here. One, if you want a draft book, first four people that live a positive review on iTunes under the 49ers Rush Podcast. Leave your uh, Twitter handle or Gmail. I will get that sent over you. That's compliments of Devin, who's the man. And if you want to win that free Jimmy Garoppolo signed jersey. All you have to do is follow us on the Hot Mike jersey. Tune in for the first round of the draft. Me and at host Chuck B. We're going to be here the entire day breaking down everything for the 49ers. But um, until next time, we're going to have you know another podcast for sure before the draft on Thursday. But, man, we're getting close. Five days, baby. Five days. Uh, so until next time, stay strong, faithful.